Hello everyone and welcome to episode 4 of the Football Plug Podcast. Hope you've all had a fantastic week. Matt, have you had a good week, mate? I've always had a good week. Thank you very much, Jack. And what about you? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good week. A good, positive day today, so that's all good. Matt, I've got some fantastic news today. Oh, what, what is your fantastic news? We are joined by someone very special, so people don't have to listen to our boring, boring voices for 35 minutes. How oh, exciting is that? I'm very excited. And who, who is it? Who is this special guest we've got on today? Joshua Harrison. Say hello, mate. Hello, hello. How you doing, Josh? You had a good week, mate? Oh, I've had a great week, boys. I've had a great week. Are you ready to talk about football and get absolutely grilled in the Liverpool sense? <laughs> I am, I am indeed. <laughs> good, good, good. Right then, without further ado, let's crack on, boys. So, we are first off going to start with a look back over the international football that we have just seen over the last week. And I think there's no better place to start than the Turkey-Holland game, which finished 4-2 to Turkey. Now, boys... Did either of you watch the game? I did. Yeah, I watched and a couple I, highlights. I did, Matt. Good, good, good match. It was a great result for Turkey. Um, I think I believe that took them to the top of the group. And there was a hat-trick from Yilmaz. What, remember what a, him? Yilmaz. Do, you remember, do you guys remember him from FIFA? I think that's the only place I remember that, him for. I don't ever yeah. think he's, yeah. a, I don't even <laughs> think he's <laughs> a real footballer. Yeah, has he ever played professional football or is he just on FIFA? I don't know. We will never know. I mean, banging four past Netherlands is, I think that's a yeah, great that is result. Yeah, and, from Netherlands. and you know, let's not knock Turkey because quite clearly they've got some some half-decent players. But Holland, you'd, you'd back them at the Euros with some of the players they've got. You know, okay, you wouldn't back them, but they'd be in strong contention. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. I, th- I think looking at their group as well, Turkey could even top this group after that yeah. kind of result. Yeah. Mental. Do you know Josh, what? I had saying? Turkey on my bets. <laughs> you did yeah I you thought brave, I thought, brave I thought man. the whole bet didn't come in but I thought you know well, why not because <laughs> you know what I think I think the only the only Turkish player I'm really keen about is, is Hakan Çalhanoğlu. right now John yeah. absolute <laughs> I'm not just saying Who? that either Who's he's he? an absolute baller as, as some of you might remember from uh, podcast number two, we played Matt versus Jack, and one of my guesses in the competition was Hakan Shalanoglu, guys. Here he is, <laughs> honestly, showing up on the international honestly, game. <laughs> I think it was, it was a free kick against, oh, it must have been against uh, Borussia Dortmund. Oh my God, you, you've seen it back on a highlight reel somewhere. It's like a 4 Again, like, like Yilmaz, I feel like Hakan Chanalogu is a proper FIFA player, isn't he? No, he is. I, he I is. know him from FIFA. Five I'm pretty sure I have five, five star skills. Yeah. <laughs> <There we laughs> go, yes, he did. Go. Yeah, we did. What a player. Right, next game, Matt. What are we looking at next? Right, so we're now going to move on to the Czech Republic Estonia game, which finished 6 2 to Czech Republic. You mean and the Suchek Estonia game? The, is that what you mean? It was the Suchek Estonia game, as you all know. He's had a great season at West Ham and he's now banging in hat tricks on the international stage. He is a proper player, that yeah. guy, isn't he? Yeah, He's yeah, a yeah. proper, proper player. You, you you look at him and you think, this guy looks a little bit uneasy, but my God, he can play football. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'd never, ever heard of this bloke before he joined West Ham. <laughs> no, me so, neither. Not in the slightest. He doesn't look like a bowler either. He literally, no. he looks like <laughs> he's a librarian or something, bless him. I oh, know, and I mean, for 21 million, 21 million euros, yeah, that steel. is a steel. bar steel, that, isn't it? So now, obviously, we are going to move on to our England games of the week. And first off was the England-San Marino game, which finished 5-0. Boys. Josh, we'll go to you first. What, what do you reckon, mate? What do you were know your what? immediate impressions? Every single time I watch England, I can't help but be disappointed slightly. Even though we won 5-0 and everyone will say, oh, what a great yeah. result. And football's coming home. At the end of the day, it is San Marino. Yeah, absolutely. Like what, The result aside, you can't 
knock than it was San Marino. Yeah, so you, yeah, you, you can't, Marino. You can't even, look into yeah. the game too much, can you? Even no. though keepers had a blinder. Because how many shots did he face? Christ, I Bened, mean, was it, is his name Benedettini? Benedettini, yeah. It, it could be. What a, what a player. 32. What a player. 32 England shots, five goals. That is, yeah, he's a, he was not, a that's great game. Not, Come on. That's not good enough, is it? Absolutely. Against a it's part-time not car salesman. To give Benedettino his credit, I, I do believe he is one of the few Samarinian players that are professional. Yeah, I, I think believe he's third division Italy, I believe. Yeah, oh, yeah. Boss man, look at that. <laughs> what a player. Um, uh, so any, any players stand out for you in that game? Do you know what, Jude Bellingham? I think when, Jude, you know what? when he got on the pitch... I will agree with you there. Even Man United missed out there. Man United should have splashed the cash on him. He, yeah, yeah, he's a big one. I reckon they give it, give it a few years. What did he play? Like twelve minutes? 12, yeah, nothing. 30, 14, Fifteen minutes. Literally yeah. nothing. But when he came the on, guy, he, just... he can play football. He can play the ball game. Um, I would say I was also very impressed with Mason Mount, James Ward-Prowse, Reese James as well. I think yeah. Reese James got a half, or did he get fifty minutes? Or did he come he off played, at half time? He came off at half time for Trippier. Yeah. Yeah. I, Again, we spoke about this a few podcasts ago about our our England team, and and we said that a major contender for that right back spot would be Reese James, and I think he proved himself there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a top performance, top performance. And do you know what? I'm even even though, and this will be a bit controversial, people will always look at Trippier for that free kick. I've never really rated him at right back. Oh, that's a bit of a controversial. One. But then yeah, again, that, that's, that is quite controversial. But I stand um, on the same legs that the fact that Trent shouldn't be a right back for England because I don't think England should have a creative fullback system. I reckon we should be solid, solid defenders. And that's just so you me. know, people, this is coming from a Liverpool fan, and I am saying yeah. that Trent should not be in that. I yeah, do you know, I kind of agree with you there because we we England, what England have got is a lot going forward, yeah. so we could do with that defensive stability in case. Well, it doesn't work. Yeah. All right, next game we're going to talk about is the one that was just a few days ago for us. We're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, was England-Albania. Again, Josh, I think we're probably going to have the same opinion here. Slightly unimpressed. Yeah, yeah. Albania aren't a huge amount better than San Marino. Maybe they might be 100 places above them in the FIFA World Rankings, but in terms of like quality, they shouldn't have given England the game that they did. But, you know, all credit to them. They like pressed and yeah, they went defended like a solid, solid team. And I think England thought, oh shit, this is going to be a bit of a struggle to deal with it. And yeah. it took us a long time to break him down. So yeah, again, like the San Marino game, me personally, and I don't know what you think. I was like low key unimpressed. Yeah, completely, completely. Considering I don't know about you boys, but I can't actually off the top of my head name three Albanian players. No. I, I can't do it. Maybe what is it? Hisaj. Hisaj. Now right he, back. yeah, he plays what? for Napoli. Wasn't Napoli, it? Napoli? Yeah, Napoli. Napoli. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, their 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 number one keeper is Strakosha, I think, who's their Lazio. Oh, Lazio. He, he wasn't even playing. He didn't even Great. play. So I'm assuming he's injured. You know that from FIFA, don't you, Matt? Uh, yeah. yeah, you've been yeah. caught out there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Matt. I'm with you. Don't worry. I want to put something out to you boys here, and I want want you to tell me if you agree or not. Um, so in the Premier League for Liverpool and for City, Sterling has put in some absolutely sterling performances, um, verging on world class. Would you agree? Yep. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Has he ever done that in an England shirt? Um, off the top. Well, oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. I think I think there's your answer. Yeah, I think thinking about it, 
he hasn't lit the world alight, but he's got 14 senior goals in 60 caps. So it's not awful. For England, that's, that's not awful at yeah. all. But but has he ever lit, a, has he ever yeah. taken the game by the scruff of the neck like he used to do at Liverpool and, and does it's like usually pretty much can, week in, week out? Yeah, you can look at a City. player and think, there you go, that's one standout performance there. Or there's one game, remember that game, but with Sterling. This, like, Absolutely, mate. And, and if we're going to win trophies, we need... 11 players that can take the game by the scruff of the neck yeah. and win it. So yeah, this goes back to my argument about why I think Mason Mount should start every game because I feel for Chelsea, he he grabs every single game and he dictates it. Yeah. Uh, Jack Grealish, when he's fit, uh, for me, he should get an opportunity ahead of Sterling for a few games because he's someone who dictates a game. He grabs it by the scruff of the neck and makes it his game. What do you reckon? Completely agree. Absolutely agree. I think like the name, the players you've just named, Mount and Grealish. Yeah. It's something you said last week with Mount. He wins games. He doesn't. He, does, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't just score goals and that. That's it. He 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 will win you a game. Grealish will win you a game. So for me, that's where the little bit of a difference is. Sterling can win games for Man City, but I, that's because he's back to Kevin right. De Bruyne. I think I remember. I think I remember a few years ago, maybe like 2017. Sterling scored a hat trick for England. Do you remember that? I, I can't. I can't quite think. Well, it might have been a hat trick. Might have been two goals. It might have been a game that meant something. It might not have. But I remember that game and thinking, okay, yeah, he can do it in an England shirt. But you know, once in four years, it's not. Yeah, it's not good enough. It's not good yeah. enough, really, is it? All right, then let's move on, lads. So, as we mentioned, uh, we've got a very special guest on today. His name is Joshua Harrison, and unfortunately, he supports Liverpool. Josh, we've got a few questions for you because obviously, hasn't gone to plan this yeah, season. Well, well, we say that hasn't gone to plan. You're in the semi-finals of the Champions League, so all is not lost there. Um, that's still a, a major trophy to win, but obviously, your league position, your results, um, hasn't quite been to the standard that it was last year let's put it that way so I want to ask you Josh how much do you think that your injuries and a specific injury obviously the lack of your captain Virgil van Dijk yeah it's uh, I think there's, there's, there's two ways you can look at it from the from the off I think losing Virgil was massive then losing Joe Gomez on top of that was, yeah, that was not ideal. That was, no, that was horrible. <laughs> that was that was really bad. I think because it's an attitude standpoint for me as well. Because I know we should be playing better, but we just aren't. And maybe you can put that down to yeah, we've had loads of injuries. And I saw one stat that said like Leicester, for example, had nearly the same amount of injuries as us, but we had a hundred extra days of injury time. Right. Okay. So I am very fifty-fifty with it because I do think that. Yeah, they are massive, and I think they come. They, they did break the season a little bit, but the boys' attitude to come back and fight for it, it wasn't there either. So, there there has been some questions, and I think we spoke about it a few weeks ago, Matt, didn't we? About, I think, from what I, from another friend who's a Liverpool fan, that some of the attitudes in the dressing room haven't been there. You know, it's almost like things aren't going. Okay, I'm gonna throw some names out there like Mo Salah. Yeah, things yeah. aren't going Salah's way, so he's throwing his his toys out the pram. Um, do you think that it's the injuries in general, or do you think it is just the loss of your leader Virgil Van Dijk that's causing it? You know, because you can lose Shakiri, you could probably lose Henderson. You can get away with Gomez. 
But do you think it's Van Dyke that has been the catalyst of the little bit of a downfall? Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Because I mean, I think most of the most of the strikers have interviews right at the end of the season, and they always talk about. You always see the stories in the media. Always be who's your most feared defender, and a lot of them are saying Van Dyke. And yeah, he's one hundred percent. He's massive, massive, massive player. It's not just the tackles he puts in and the big performances. It is that it's the shouting on the pitch. It's the leadership. And it is. It's the lead, and and he he starts to play from the back, doesn't he? He's yeah. got a cracking I mean, like long ball on him. He'll spread the well, play. That is the reason we won the league, and that's the reason why we're doing so yeah. poor as well at the minute. Is because everyone's figured out what we do is start from the back, massive lobbing pass. You through Mo Salah and Mane, easy. Okay, I want to quickly chuck something else in there. So obviously that has been um, like a downfall to the game, losing Big Verge. Yeah. But you do still have Salah. Um, and he let's he's uh, Premier League top goal scorer, I believe. He's still. joint up there. Oh with, yeah, uh, yeah, Harry. yeah. Um, you know he's not having a bad season, really. If you look at it, um, Firmino I think is having a bad season. I think you probably agree he's not having a great season, is he, Firmino? I mean, the thing with Firmino is he's not a striker. He's really. Do you know what? It's one of my controversial opinions as well. This because a lot of people always say to me, "Oh, you." Firmino's terrible, he's not a good striker, all this body, body, blah, blah, but the work he does off the ball is, in my opinion, one of the highest in the Prem. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But this season especially, everyone's figured out how to put two, three men around Salah, and then he's completely useless for the rest of the game, even though he scored 17 goals this season. But yeah, but it, this, this is what I think, and... I think Firmino, all right, yeah, he does do a lot off the ball, but I think he gets away with murder yeah. because Salah scores a lot of goals. You know, he he when he plays, he is playing as your centre forward. Yeah. He's playing as your striker. So whether he does do a lot off the ball, does it really matter? Because if my centre forward wasn't doing much, was doing a lot off the ball, but he wasn't scoring many goals, I would still be... A little bit let down. What would you reckon? So ah, I'm I'm fifty fifty let down with Firmino, because his end product, I th- I think we can all agree his end product is poor. It's not great. It's maybe not if great. his end product was better, then it'd be a different. Then be, it would look completely. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Who who maybe. do you think's more valuable to the team? If if you were to lose one of them, who would you rather lose? Would you rather lose Salah out the team or Firmino? Because for oh, me, God, even as a See, even as a non-Liverpool fan, it's got to be like you'd keep Salah. See, no, I, I, I'm losing Salah. I disagree. Yeah. I think Firmino. I'm top. And you, the only reason I've started, no, I know oh, you're right. Have you had your dinner? No, I'm, what, I'm dead you serious. Kid, serious. Firmino. If you watch the full ninety minutes, the production he brings to the team is it's it's almost like a high cam. He's really not a centre forward and not yeah. a striker. And but, do you know what I've noticed oh. more? From so that, why is he playing there then? That's. That's the thing I'm really annoyed with Klopp. See, this is this is what I've spoke about with my other power as a Liverpool fan. I think he would be a fantastic attacking midfielder. Like sit like in the middle of the park. Yep. I think he would be brilliant. Yeah, agreed. However, he's not no. doing that. He's playing a striker. So I think he should be doing a lot better than he is. Yeah. He should be scoring goals. Because he is a quality player. Yeah. He is class. Like sometimes he is world class. I just think that he gets away with murder yeah. because of Salah and and Mane. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I just I just don't I don't understand why he's up top. It sounds so yeah. stupid, but I just don't. If if I was a you could say if I was a manager, I had the boys, but I wouldn't ever play him striker. I'd be exactly the same high cam attacking midfielder. But then you gotta look at 
Klopp and say, who else can he play up there? Yeah, that's the other point. You don't have another striker, so no. do you, you need to spend. You need to bring in a striker, don't you? Yeah, and the past the past few seasons, I think when when we first brought Virgil in, everyone was saying, oh, that's, you know, we've got this new massive centre back. He's an absolute monster, but still, it, don't have a proven goal scorer in a striker. Yeah. In Salah, and yeah, you can get away with it because he's just he's he's playing phenomenal. But we don't. You, have a you had a you had a proven goal scorer, but you got rid of him. Who am I talking You're about? Talking about the teeth himself. The teeth himself. Mr. Luis Suarez. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about Danny Ings, mate. Oh, no, oh, don't yeah. get me Danny started Ings. on that. Don't get me a great started player. on that. Goes to Southampton as an absolute season. <laughs> absolute <laughs> season. Okay, right. So you've said, amongst all of that, that's what you're not happy about Klopp for, right? What are your thoughts on Klopp? Because some of these excuses that come out oh. are very poor, oh but he, obviously God. he's a phenomenal manager. But what are your, as a Liverpool fan, what are your thoughts on him? I think the first couple of years replacing replacing the team because you forget we had our first team that he brought on was like Lucas Lever. It was Alberto Just Anagi. It was just oh, it was a shocker, right? So I think in the first couple of years he's changed the team dynamic, brought in some good players, and his style of play was fun, it was exciting. Um, it was rock and roll football, as he put. But um, just this past season, I don't know if you ever, like, if you ever sit down and watch the games, it's always starting from the back. It's always, always starting from the back. Now it's always going through centre halves into the full backs, and it usually would be Trent and Robbo bombing up down the sides, giving overlaps. Mm, but they're not doing that much no, this season, are they? Because no. because we've not had the centre it's, half. It's because I think what we were saying is is yeah. There's no Virgil Van Dijk. There's no to Virgil to be that. Yeah. Yeah, that guy at the back, yeah. the defenders are like the strikers are like. Sorry, I no, nah, I don't want to go forward. But because we've not got that just mountain of a man in defence, we have to have mm. the fullbacks come back. And rather than change the formation or change the play, Klopp just goes, "All right, guys, we're going to put Fabinho in the back." And Fabinho goes <laughs> in the back. We've lost all midfield creativity, and then he goes and signs Thiago. Which don't get me wrong, that's a whole other story. Big baller. I'm I'm not a. But I'm not a Thiago fan, if I'm honest. I don't think he's done. He's done enough. That's the th- in this in this in this dynamic of football we're playing. He doesn't fit. He's no. a mint mint player. And I loved him oh, for yeah, Bayern. He's class. But come on, man! You can't have yeah, someone maybe else to control the ball. Cut, cut him some slack. What when when Verge is back? When you know yeah. maybe yeah maybe just maybe. maybe when when he's got Henderson back in that midfield with him. Him, him Henderson and Fabinho in that field midfield. Oh, that's a that could ball. work quite that's, nicely. Yeah, yeah, but that could work quite nicely. The only thing that just annoyed me with it is that Klopp didn't change any tactics. It's always no, just, been the same. Yeah, same tactics with players that didn't quite work with that. You know, mm-hmm. Kabak and t- to be fair, Nat Phillips slotted into that I mean, pretty well. I was, I was very impressed with you know Nat what? Phillips. I gave him a lot of slack, uh, not slack, abuse, if you will. Until I think it was it was oh god it was it was a few games back I can't remember who it was against but he came out with something like seven aerial um, interceptions mm. or something quite some monster stat of just in the air. He's a he's a good player. I wouldn't say he's very good. No, but he's good enough. Good. He's good enough to fill that void. Yeah. If you don't play a city style of football with a Barnsley quality team, and that's kind <laughs> of what I feel like Klopp's doing. No, no disrespect <laughs> to any Barnsley fans out there, but. Um, I just think that if you're going to have this top level of football that you've got in your head, you can't be doing that with play. Like with the greatest respect to Phillips, you can't do that. Or Nico Williams when he comes in for Trent, or you just yeah. you have to yeah, switch yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
All right, then, Joshua, we ask you to take a look at the recent Premier League and give us a few popular slash unpopular opinions that we can discuss. So, fire away. Well, my first one, I think I'm going to just come out and say that Leeds have been the most exciting team in the Prem. I think you'd be balmy to argue it. I really do. And I think this should be an easy discussion. I agree with you. Absolutely. They're so exciting. They're going to score five goals, but they're also going to concede five yep. goals. It's amazing. I love it. I, I, I do love it. It's it's never it's never a boring watch, is it? Nope. First game of the season, Liverpool, 4-3 Liverpool. Come back the next game against Fulham, they beat Fulham 4-3. They just don't care. Yeah. No, they they don't care. And they have got a little bit of everything, haven't they, Leeds? They're, they're kind of solid at the back. And they're brilliant on the counter-attack and going forward. Patrick Bamford, or should oh. I say R9 Ronaldo Bamford. So yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just have a look. What is these stats I've got here? I've got Bamford sixth in the minute at goals, sixth in passes, fourth in shots, fourth in woodwork chances. He's just, he's Hello. there. God, Josh's first time on the podcast and he's like hitting us with some stats. Well, you just, can stay. Look at this right here. 14 goals, six assists. Patrick Bamford. Oh, that's not bad that's for what people excellent. call a championship player. I mean, is it? he's he's turned up big time. Well, uh, compare he's that got to double Chelsea. the amount of goals that, well, that Rashford got. Yeah. Look at Chelsea; they're probably sitting there going, mm, "We uh, we let a, let a player go there, and we're sitting <laughs> we here with our striker did. who can't yeah. score." And Chelsea got little Timo Werner, bless him. He's not <laughs> he's not shooting straight, bless him at the minute. No. Oh, give him a chance. But that leads me nicely <laughs> onto my second opinion. Oh, Uh-oh. is that Thomas Tuchel? His little Chelsea Ooh. side, I reckon next season, easy peasy prem. Judging by their yep. current form, we, we, um, I wouldn't say they're going to be easy peasy prem. Well, not easy peasy, but we, I think we, we've, we've mentioned that they're going to be title contenders. Yeah, City next Chelsea year. next season, and, unless something drastically changes at Man United and we buy a striker who like scores goals or another centre back, they'll take Man United's place on that title challenge because Tuchel's football at Chelsea is sexual like just 14 games 10 wins 4 draws not a single yeah. loss on the ball and they've played Atletico Madrid back to back one of the most defensive I remember, teams I remember talking to my mate Sam who's a Chelsea supporter and when he got Tuchel in I thought yeah it's, it's, it's going to be absolute cool mate because yeah. he, he just relied on um, Mbappe and Di Maria and whatnot to to win games for him it turns out that wasn't the case. Mm. I was very wrong. I, mean, I was really, really interested in what the differences between Lampard were. Like Lampard was playing a four-three-three that was just boring and and whatever. And then Thomas comes in with a three-four-two-one, changes formation, changes players. Hello, hello, boys. It's the it's experience, just... isn't it, Matt? Oh. It's the experience. Like you look at Lampard and you think that's brilliant for Chelsea. And when he was let go, I thought, oh, that's a little bit unfair. He's not been given time. And then you looked at the people that are paid to make these kind of choices of who should manage their club. You know, that's why they paid the big bucks because they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Okay, I got one last talking point as well. I said might be a bit sticky with United fans, but it's that oh, Mr. Jesus. Bruno Fernandez is the most useless player against the top six. Um, come on, Jack, this is down to and you. And I'm talking so <clears throat> statistics-wise because if we look um, at this now, mate, he's got eight matches played against the big boys, two goals, and that is it. 6.4 average rating and only one win. Do you know what I think it could be down to, though? I think we look at mm. last season, he played phenomenally. And this season, he's played, he has played great again. 
But I think it's because he hasn't been as what he was last season that we're now saying these sort of things. He's. I think it's more his attitude than the way he plays. I don't know. I think he's so stuck up and thinks he's better than the whole of that rest of that Man United squad that he. That's because no. That do you know why he thinks that? That's because he is, he mate. Is. Oh yeah, like, he genuinely is, and I agree. And um, I think it's what we were saying with Salah earlier. I think he's got that attitude at the minute that he thinks yeah, he's better than everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, they, sometimes they it's a little bit. Sometimes it's nice. Sometimes it's a little bit toxic. Yeah, definitely. So. Yes, Josh, I will agree. We're not going to beat around the bush. He hasn't been good enough, or or his his cracking form over the past two seasons. He's got a lot of goals, a lot of assists. Um, they've not yep. come against the big six. Yes, my, that might be down to him, but I would also say that the team in general hasn't been fantastic against the top six. Yeah, do you know what? I'll, um, give, you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, and. There's no players in the world other than Messi and Ronaldo that are better than the team. Um, so you can't expect even someone of Bruno Fernandes' quality to single-handedly win games against the top six. I think you're right. When things aren't going his way in a game, he doesn't seem to do much. But I think that non-United fans use that as a catalyst to think that he's not good enough Yeah, when they know full well that he walks into any team in that Premier League mm, bar know, Manchester City yeah bar I'd City, say I would yeah. agree with you other than City yeah. I'd have him okay, maybe mm, what you, you don't think he gets into the Liverpool no team? I'd have him I'd have, I'd have him oh, if right, he comes along say, and yeah. says you know I right, clop I'll be like yep come on boy <laughs> on you go hello yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I agree. It's it. It maybe it hasn't been good enough against the top six, but it has been pretty f-ing special against most other teams. I think yeah, that's and I yeah. think yeah. for now, you know, when you're in a title race, you have to pick up as many points as you can, obviously. And Man United have dropped some silly, silly points this season. You know, we, that last minute equaliser, Everton yeah. uh, lost to Sheffield United, but he has also won us a lot of points. I reckon if you took all of Bruno Fernandes' goals away and took the points away that came with that, we would not be sitting in second. Yeah, no you way. definitely. So definitely as much that, yeah. as he hasn't done it against the big six, he has definitely done enough this oh, season yeah. already. Yeah, I think I'd say he's that. won us a lot of points. All right, then. So moving on, we're going to talk about underrated football players now whether players are underrated or overrated that is a big topic of discussion when sitting with a few beers talking about football so we're going to focus on some underrated players first we're just going to fire off some names and i'm going to put to you boys whether you think they're underrated or perfectly rated so have you got a few matt yeah so we had a couple come in from our social medias we have michael carrick uh olivier Giroud came in a couple of times joe cole and maluda uh, we have a John Obi Mikel, we oh, have okay. a Ling- Lingardinho, <laughs> <laughs> and then my personal one, I believe Thomas Muller. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. well, start us from the beginning, Matt. Who was the first one? Michael Carrick, agreed. Um, so I mean, as a Man United player, I think he's perfectly rated. Yeah. I thought he was absolutely class. I don't think he's underrated. Do you, I, th- he, I think one lots. Yeah. Um. If I if I were to say that I thought he was underrated, that would mean that I thought he was world class, okay. and I don't think he was world class. I think he was 
perfectly rated a very, very, very good midfield player. Okay, fair enough. Uh, next one was Olivier Giroud. Now he's on my list to talk about as yeah, well. Yeah, underrated to underrated, massively. underrated, massively. like secretly like a world class footballer. I he think what he him. offers, yeah, is so different to. It, obviously, I, I look at Arsenal. We've obviously got Aubameyang and Lacazette. We got rid of Giroud to fill the space for them to come in. I'm like, but he does something so different to what they did. We're missing the mm. goals. They, they, he gets on end every cross. Yeah. He gets in behind the defence. He's not the quickest, but he still manages to get into that space behind the defence and put it in the oh, back he'll of the net. Yeah. He'll score goals. He'll score goals. Like when, when when Chelsea start with um, like Ziyech and Werner up top, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just, just put Giroud up there. He'll score I, you a goal. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, what's the point in messing around? It says a lot when he's a, one of the first names on the France team sheet with the yeah, quality they still, had in that squad. Yeah. He's still one of the first like 34, names. 34, 35, yeah. something like that. Yeah, so underrated. Agreed? Yeah, yeah agreed. Agreed. Next one? Uh, sure, I'm going to skip to my one. What do you think of Thomas Muller, guys? I I think he is perfectly rated. I don't think he's underrated at all. I think he is world class. I've always thought he's world class. See, that's See, in I, your head, yeah. So I, I think, think personally... I, th- I think it comes. I think he's so overshone at Barcelona by because uh, Lovend- Lewandowski puts in the goals. Kimmich is obviously that midfielder who does everything. Neuer's in the squad. They've got so many of these massive world class players that everyone rates and rates and rates. But Muller's been at. I personally think he's been at that world class top level performance for ten years now. Yeah, I think I th- he's. Did, didn't we speak about that a few episodes ago? Yeah, about Muller. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely top ten midfielders in the world. I think because of what so, the job well, he does. Well, in that case, by your own logic, like, so you don't think he's underrated? You think he's perfect? You've always thought no. he's good. Oh, yeah. I, I do. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. I think other people underrate him yeah. so yeah. much for what he okay. does. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next one? Uh, I've got a, a Joe Cole on this list. No. Um, no. He's not no. underrated. In my opinion, he wasn't underrated. He's uh, good. Yeah. He's good. But I think he was no more than good or yeah. very good. He was very good. Yeah, he was good, but I don't think he lit the world alight. No, no. no. I've got I've got a few lads. I'm going to yes. throw them in your direction. Um, I've actually got a couple of Man United slash ex-Man United players. Um, one of them still plays in the Premier League, Johnny Evans. For me, he's got to be underrated. I think he's so overlooked as a class centre-back. Yeah, I think since he joined Leicester, it's shown what he, he's true performances and what his qualities really are and he to be fair I think he's the one who really helped them get to where they are over the last few seasons he's got that yeah 100% I think being in that Man United squad it has given him that that knowledge and he really is a leader at Leicester City now yeah 100% underrated in that squad he reads the game so well yeah under Brendan Rodgers he's been playing yeah really really well tip top football all right here's another one for you an interesting one but this is a player that I've I always, always rated at Manchester United and I feel like he's a sort of player that you have to be a fan and you have to watch it week in, week out to agree. Jisong Park. Oh, he was on my list. Absolutely. He was so good. I, I can't get over how good he was and how underappreciated he is by most fans and to be honest, most Man United fans as well. I remember this one game against Barcelona. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure Fergie told him, never, ever, ever leave Messi's side. And when Jason Park got home, pulled out his keys, his phone, his wallet, and Lionel Messi from his back pocket. It was ridiculous. Yeah. 
you know that was lit that was literally on my list with the exact same Fergie quote is that you whacked him on Messi and left him there and he always gets forgotten about. She always talk about Man United midfielders. It's always mm. Big Paul Skulls. Yep. Carrick. Carrick. It's just Yeah. In, in in that in that era of United football there was just way too many big legends and yeah, he's he's definitely an unsung hero. Yeah, he was a cracker. What do you reckon, Matt? Phenomenal. Underrated or, or Phenomenal. Oh, you do, yeah. I yeah. think I think he's an amazing player. And mm. he always came up with goals against big clubs. He always scored he did against actually, Arsenal. Didn't he? I always yeah. remember him that. And my my <laughs> image of him is in the the blue Man United away kit, sponsored yeah, by AIG. Baby. Yeah, baby. I just remember him. He was incredible that season. Yeah, <laughs> underrated to hell. Josh, have you got any oh, mates? Damn it, he was. Uh, he was one of the only ones on my list. Um, I got off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, uh, I will go with. Do you know what? At the start of the season with Villa, Ross Barkley. I thought he was quite underrated at the start because no one really paid attention to the loan. And um, he came up with a few big performances. Yes, he did. But overall, is he underrated as a player? I'm, I, I'm not sure he is. I personally think that he never lived up to his potential, which makes me... I don't think he can be underrated. I think he had too much potential and never lived up to it, personally. Um, I want to go back to the one you mentioned earlier, Matt. Lingardinho now obviously player very close to my heart um, I've loved Lingard I've always liked him he might not have performed to the level he could do at Manchester United but there's no doubt in what he's done at, at West Ham so far but is he underrated though that would suggest that he is better than people think he is and for me I don't think he is I think he is as good as people think he is I agree with that. Do you know what I mean? I think he's perfectly rated. Yeah, I don't think... Because I think the way people are speaking about him as of right now, as we're talking, he is it. He's playing great football. And Mm. I think if you rate him any more than that, then you're putting into a category of some of the best players in the league. Because at the minute... Let's let's cut him some slack. If he does this for the rest of the season and people don't really talk about it, 100% he's been underrated this season. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's some great memories for Man United. A couple of goals against Arsenal. No offence, Matt. Um, some good memories for England as well. Obviously, he went to. Did he go to the World Cup? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, 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 so he did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So for me, not underrated. I think he's perfectly rated. Yeah, agree with that. So uh, last week we introduced a new uh, part of the podcast, and that was called Stat of the Week. So this week we have all got a new stat, and let's start with our special guest, Josh. What is your stat of the week? So I saw a big figure recently of two centre-backs that cost Man United a hell of a lot of money, and that was uh, obviously Maguire. So I thought, hmm, what other centre, what other, what other players have been uh, massive transfer talking points? Obviously, one of your favourite right-wingers in Man United, Jack, which would be Mr. Angel Di Maria. So obviously he came to United for around God. £60 million. Pounds, but wow. do you know what his first ever transfer fee was? All the way <sighs> from Torito to Rosario. For 20 footballs. Not even a <laughs> single bit of currency. And the best thing You're about joking. this... No, honestly, footballs. 20 footballs. And the best thing about this whole thing was the coach said, Marcelo Pavon said, it was a fortune. He thought 20 <laughs> footballs was a fortune. Was a fortune. <laughs> well, they those like Sports Direct, like, my <laughs> like, three, three for six quid. 50 p-balls. Josh, um, you've... First time on the podcast, you've absolutely nailed the stat of the week. Congratulations. Matt, hit me with your stat. 
Right, so this is about uh, an ex-Man United player. Uh, God, Mark, Mark Hughes. <laughs> so did you know Mark what Hughes once played two professional football matches on the same day? So he signed for Bayern Munich and played for Bayern Munich. And then he had to quickly fly and play for Wales in a qualification game. What? How mental is that? I did not, that is very interesting. I did not know That's that. Top. I mean, that there is... There you go, viewers. Yeah, Blowing pra- your mind. Viewers? Listeners? <laughs> this is a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, we've blown your mind. And Jack, what's yours? Fire away. So you might remember last week, my stat was about um, Scottish football. I'm going to continue that theme. Um, can anybody tell me who might have won the Copa del Rey in 1927? Oh, no, you don't know. Well, I'll tell you. Motherwell won the Copa del Rey hey? in 1927. That's, that's a Spanish tournament, isn't it? Correct. That is a Spanish tournament. M- Motherwell. Mother- Motherwell. really Spanish team. Won the Copa del Rey. Are you sure it wasn't Motherwell? <laughs> that sounded quite Italian. <laughs> I apologise for any Spanish or Italian people that we've just offended there. If anything, that would be La Motherwell. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so Motherwell... Won the Copa del Rey in 1927. Well, congratulations. I've got another exciting fact for you, just just while it's here in front of me. Do you remember, uh, both around Madrid, that ridiculous bicycle kick that Ronaldo scored? Yes. And then that one in the Champions League final that Bale scored? Yes. Did you know they were both scored at exactly to the second, the same time in a match? Really? That's a bit mental. believe it was 67 minutes and 21 seconds they were both scored at how crazy is that mental love it mental mind blown all right then chaps we have come to the final part of this podcast which of course has to be matt versus jack now we're going to switch it up a little bit this week as we have a very very special guest on josh you're going to host Matt versus Jack Chris, if that's all right. That's absolutely all right with me, buddy. Okay, boys, question number one. I have the sneaky scorer, Mr. Robin Van Persie. In two seasons, he played 38 games, one season for United and one season for Arsenal. Now, for which team did he score the most goals? Okay. So you're saying at Arsenal and Manchester United there was a season where he played 38 games yep. which one it was 2011 and 12 for Arsenal most? and 12-13 for United now well Jack what's your answer buddy I'm going to go Manchester United oh, ok ok and you Joe and Matt can I go for the same answer because I think Manchester United as well you can boys and you will both be right oh. yeah. except yeah. you won't be plot twist it's actually <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, yep. So, if we look at it right now, it's United. He had 26 goals in the 2012-13 season, but for Arsenal, oh, yeah, he had a lot. 30. Holy that is a absolute blinder. Back-to-back Go seasons on, as well. All right, then. Next right. question. Right, sticking with the goal theme, United and Arsenal have played each other 235 times. But out of those colossal games, who scored the most goals? One team scored 354 goals and one team has scored 327. So it's close. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm locked in. Right, okay, I'm locked in. Okay, Jack, give me your answer. I feel like, with the amount of Premier League titles we've won, I feel like it's got to be Man United. Okay, okay. Matt? 
Okay, initial thoughts is Manchester United. Obviously, they had the 8-2 game and all this stuff, but I'm going to go with Arsenal for this one. And Jack, you'll be right with United with 354 goals. Wow. That's yeah, I just thought lot. with the... Uh, we've scored like the most goals in Premier League history, haven't we? So I just yeah. thought that it's likely to be. It's them. killer. That's not even Premier League. That is literally since the dawn of time. Holy the dawn name. of time. That is, that is crazy. <laughs> that says 1-0. Okay, question three. Out of the 235 meetings, who has the most appearances against the other club? Ryan Giggs or David Seaman? And keep in mind, Seaman also played for more than one club against United. It wasn't just Arsenal. Okay, okay. So just to confirm, that's Giggs' appearances against Arsenal and that's Seaman's complete appearances against United, yeah? Yep. Cool, alright. That's a tough one. Giggs has been around for a long time. So is the old Seaman. Yeah, I think as well, you're saying he's played for a few more clubs. I'm going to go for Seaman. Uh, yeah, Seaman would be my answer as well. Well, boys, I've done you a stinker there. It's actually Giggs. And oh, it, ooh, come on. It was only 26 for Seaman. And it was oh, okay. 50 for Ryan Giggs. 50 games against Absolute wow. baller. So it's still 1-0 to Jack going into the fourth question. Boo. So this is a bit of a bizarre question, but we're going to go with it. It's who has the most expensive beer and pie combo? And this is from the 2019 season because it's the only stats I could find. That's a great question. I'm going to put in uh, Liverpool Football Club in there as well. So I'm going to say, for a beer and a pie, who had the most expensive combo out of Arsenal, United and Liverpool? Would you like me to tell you the total price? Yeah, go on then. Okay. Go on then. So one of them has £8.20. Oh my well, god! That's dear. <laughs> One of them is an eight pounds and thirty pence, <laughs> and the other is a six pounds and fifty pence. Jack, go. Most expensive, Arsenal. Most expensive, Arsenal. Because I reckon it's because they're still trying to pay off for the Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, you've both had a stinker here because it's actually oh. United. By 10p. Absolute scumbag. So it's still 1-0. Oh, no. It's the last question now, isn't it? Last question. Yep. So I need to get this to tie up. You need to get this right to tie. Question number five. Who had the cheapest player transfer of the 2020-21 season? And this excludes all three transfers. The absolute cheapest transfer. So that includes... I'm trying to think of who we signed. So it's not loans and it's not free transfers. It's actual physical money. So the 2021 transfer, you can't. Yeah. Is that counting like the summer transfer of last year and this just gone January transfer window? It would be yes, 2021. Yeah, okay. Wow. Um, who did you sign, Jack? I, I can't think who he signed, mate. And honestly, Diallo, I've seen like these two names, million, and I do not know either of the players. I think I can only think of. I'm gonna lock Diallo. in. I'm locking in Arsenal. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with Arsenal as well because I can't. I can only think of Man United like signing, like not loaning or free transferring, signing Diallo. Well, boys. Yeah. So you both going with Arsenal, yeah? Are you? Well, hang yeah. on, no, no. If Jack's going Arsenal, I'll go for United. Okay, so we're looking for the cheapest transfer. 
So Man United signed a man called Pelistri from Penarol for $7.65 million. Oh, yeah, Facundo Pelistri. Yeah. And Arsenal signed runner Alex Runnison from Dijon for one point eight. Yeah. So it's Arsenal. So oh. puts it on one one. Two nil. Two nil, mate. Oh, two nil. I went for Arsenal, son. I changed my mind because I didn't want to draw. Well then, <laughs> well, unlucky Matthew. Unlucky. So that that brings the total series to two all, Matt. Oh, damn! Square. Ready for next week's round. <laughs> Right, so we have come to the end of this week's podcast uh, and we hope you've all enjoyed. Uh, Josh, how was it for you? Did you have a good time? Oh, it's been fantastic, boys. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you very much for coming on, Josh. We Thank do appreciate you. it. And it was lovely to grill a Liverpool fan about the shocking season they have, hasn't it, Matt? Oh, it's been the best time ever. It takes a bit of stress off me. and It certainly does. So if you have enjoyed what you've uh, listened to today, you can follow us on our socials and our email. Jack, take it away. Uh, so you can follow us on Instagram, which is the Football Plug Podcast. That's the same for Facebook as well, the Football Plug Podcast. Any comments, any suggestions, any opinions, any topics you want us to talk about, you can get in touch via email at footballplugpodcast at gmail.com. But other than that, lads, that's all I've got to say. So thank you very much for joining us, Josh. Matt, have a good week. Josh, have a good week. You guys will have a good week. And we will see you next time.